Chapter Twenty Five of Master of the Vineyard by Myrtle Reed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A wedding. The air was crystalline and cool, yet soft and full of a mysterious spicy fragrance. Blue skies arched down at the vast curve of the horizon to meet a bluer sea. Snowy gulls swept lazily through the clear blue spaces, their hoarse crying softened into a weird music. Upon the dazzling reaches of white sand, Rosemary was walking with Alden. He had his arm around her, and her face was turned toward his. He was radiant with youth and the joy of living. It was in the spring of his step upon the sand, the strong muscular lines of his body, and more than all, in his face. In his eyes were the strange sweet fires that Rosemary had seen the day she was hidden in the thicket and saw him holding Edith in his arms but it was all for her now for rosemary and the past was as dead as though it had never been as they walked they talked saying to each other the thousand dear and foolish things that lovers have said since back in the garden the first woman looked into the eyes of the first man and knew that god had made her to be his mate suddenly a white cliff loomed up on the beach before them and from its depths came a tremendous knocking as though someone were endeavouring to escape from a hopeless fastness of stone they paused but the knocking continued growing louder and louder then a hoarse voice called rosemary rosemary the girl came to herself with a start rubbing her eyes gaunt and grey in the first dim light of morning aunt matilda stood over her clad in a nondescript dressing-gown rosemary she whispered shrilly come quick ma's had a stroke they ran back to the old lady's room in the girl's confused remembrance the narrow hallway seemed to be a continuation of the white sunlit beach with the blue sky and sea changed to faded wallpaper and the cliff gone grandmother lay upon her bed helpless uttering harsh guttural sounds that seemingly bore no relation to speech her eyes blazed at the sight of rosemary and she tried to sit up in bed but could not when asked rosemary just now aunt matilda answered i was asleep and when i woke up i heard her she must have woke me up what shall we do she continued helplessly after a pause i don't know rosemary whispered almost stunned by the shock i'll dress and go for the doctor in an hour she had returned with the physician who felt the old lady's pulse and shook his head in the hall he interviewed the other two has she had any shock he asked for a moment there was no answer then matilda answered clearly no no echoed rosemary no unusual excitement of any sort or no bad news not that i know of matilda replied calmly nothing unusual rosemary assured him extraordinary he murmured i'll be in again this afternoon when he had gone aunt matilda turned anxiously to rosemary do you think we did right shouldn't we have told him i don't know what difference it could make rosemary replied thoughtfully i'd hate to have anybody know what she's done maybe it's my fault she went on sadly perhaps i shouldn't have told her don't go blaming yourself rosemary i don't know why you shouldn't have told her if i'd been you i'd have told her long ago or had you just found it out i've known for quite a while i don't think i'd have said anything though if i wasn't going to be married 
it didn't seem as if i could be married in brown gingham when father meant for me to have everything i wanted and the money was there don't worry about it for a minute said aunt matilda kindly you've done just right and you ain't to blame for what's happened it's her own fault rosemary prepared a breakfast tray and matilda took it up it's better for you to stay away rosemary she said for we don't want her to get excited when she returned she reported that the old lady had with evident difficulty eaten a little oatmeal and choked down a cup of coffee she was calmer but unable to speak the unaccustomed silence of the house affected them both strangely grandmother might be upstairs and helpless but the powerful impress of her personality still lingered in the rooms below her red and black plaid shawl hanging from the back of her chair conveyed a subtle restraint the chair itself seemed as though she had just left it and was likely to return to it at any moment when the doctor came again in the afternoon matilda went upstairs with him while rosemary waited anxiously in the dining-room it seemed a long time until they came back and held a brief whispered conference at the front door when he finally went out matilda came into the dining-room literally tense with excitement he says she began sinking into a chair that he don't know i like it in him myself for a doctor that'll admit he don't know when he don't instead of leaving you to find out by painful experience is not only scarce but he's to be trusted when you come across him he says she may get better and she may not that in a little while she may be up and moving around and talking again about the same as she always did and again she may stay just like she is or get worse he said he'd do what he could but he couldn't promise anything that only time would tell if she stays like this she's got to be took care of just the same as if she was a baby fed and turned over and bathed and if she gets better she can help herself some seems funny don't it yesterday she was rampaging around and laying down the law to you and today she can't say yes or no she said yesterday rosemary returned that she'd never speak to me again as long as she lived i wonder if it's true i wonder echoed matilda i'd forgotten that i hadn't said the girl with a grim smile seems almost as if it might be a judgment on her matilda observed after a pause she said she'd never speak to you again and she may never speak to anybody any more and i've got to take care of her that's the trouble with judgments they never hit just the person they were meant to hit we're all so mixed up that somebody else has to be dragged into it plainly before rosemary there opened the way of sacrifice and denial for a moment she hesitated then offered up her joy on the altar of duty i won't be married aunt matilda she said bravely though her mouth quivered i'll stay and help you what i said i wouldn't be married i'll i'll tell alden i can't i'll stay and help you you won't i won't have you speak of such a thing let alone doing it you can't help it if i make up my mind yes i can i'll go and see mrs marsh and him and the minister and the doctor and everybody i'll tell em all everything you go right on ahead with your gettin married i ain't going to have your life spoiled the way mine has been you're young yet and you've got a right to it but but aunt matilda aunt matilda nothing what could you do anyhow 
she don't want you anywhere as near her and the doctor said she mustn't be excited i could do what i've always done cooking and cleaning and washing and ironing and i could carry things upstairs for you maybe you could rosemary but you ain't goin to you've served out your time don't you worry about me i ain't goin to kill myself i-i wish you'd let me rosemary stammered well i won't and that's the end of it i'll get along some ways the minister used to say that when god gave any of us a burden we couldn't carry by ourselves he'd always send help so if i need help i'll have it i'll enjoy myself too in a way she went on after a little it's going to seem awful peaceful to have the house quiet with no talkin nor argument goin on in it sometimes i've thought that if i could get out of the sound of the human voice for a spell i wouldn't feel so ugly it's wore on me considerable never bein alone except nights or when i went upstairs afternoons and pretended to take a nap lots of times i wasn't lyin down at all i was just settin there with the door locked thinkin how nice and quiet it was ma'll get a good rest too while she ain't talkin though it ain't for me to say she's needed it so she continued clearing her throat you go right on ahead with your marrying rosemary bent and kissed the hollow withered cheek i will she said oh dear aunt matilda i wish you hadn't missed it all the older woman's steel-blue eyes softened then filled maybe i've missed it and maybe i ain't she said huskily maybe this life is only a discipline to fit us for something better that's comin anyway if we keep on goin and doin the best we can as we go i believe god will make it right for us later on the morning of rosemary's wedding dawned clear and cool it was autumn and yet the sweetness of summer still lingered in the air scarlet banners trailed upon the maples and golden leaves rained from the birches shimmering as they fell amethystine haze lay upon the valley shot through with silver gleams from the river that murmured toward the sea with the sound of far waters asleep purple lights laid enchantment upon the distant hills where the tapestry-maker had stored her threads great skeins of crimson and golden green russet and flaming orange to be woven into the warp and woof of september by some magic of starlight and dawn lost rainbows and forgotten sunsets had mysteriously come back to lie for a moment upon hill or river and then to disappear noon had been chosen for the ceremony in the little church at the foot of the hill of the muses for as alden had said with a laugh even though it was private it might as well be fashionable aunt matilda was up at dawn putting new lace into the neck and sleeves of her best brown alpaca as tremulous and anxious as though she herself were to be the bride rosemary had packed her few belongings the day before in the little old-fashioned trunk that had been her mother's as she dressed aunt matilda sat on the bed pathetically eager to help in some way though it might be only to pin up a stray lock or tie a shoe rosemary shook out the dull ashen masses of her hair with a sigh as she put it up alden's big betrothal diamond blazed starlike upon her rough red hand she contemplated it ruefully it seemed so out of place then brightened at the memory of the promise mrs marsh had made so long ago she'll teach me how to take care of my hands said rosemary half to herself so they'll look like hers she 
repeated aunt matilda who mrs marsh mother yes i guess she will she'll teach you a lot of things ma and me have never heard tell of maybe you'd just as soon ask her rosemary why she never returned my call i will surely i don't think she meant anything by it aunt matilda she might have been busy and forgotten about it anyhow you'll have to come to see me now yes i will i've thought i'd put the minister's tintype up on the mantel now as long as ma ain't likely to see it it'll be company for me and i reckon i'll get me a cat i always wanted one and ma would never let me have it i can keep it downstairs and she may never know about it but even if she hears it meowing or me talkin to it she can't say nothing about it my ain't it beautiful she continued as rosemary slipped her white gown over her head please let me hook it up rosemary this is as near as i'll ever come to a wedding are you going in to see her before you go rosemary hesitated yes she sighed i'll go i think i ought to don't if you don't want to i wouldn't spoil my wedding day by doing anything i didn't like to do i want to murmured rosemary i wouldn't feel right not to so when she was ready she went into the old lady's room happiness made her almost lovely as she stood there in her simple white gown and big plumed hat drawing long white kid gloves over her red hands grandmother she said tremulously i'm going up to the church now to be married to alden marsh before i go i want to tell you i'm sorry if i've ever done anything i shouldn't do and ask you to forgive me for any unhappiness i may ever have caused you i haven't meant to do it and i-i believe you've meant to be good to me i hope you're glad i'm going to be happy now the stern old face relaxed ever so little the sharp eyes softened with mist and by tremendous effort grandmother put out a withered wavering hand rosemary bent over the bed lifted her in her strong young arms and kissed her twice then hurried away alden met them as they were halfway to the church and utterly regardless of two or three interested children who happened to be passing shook hands with aunt matilda then bent to kiss the flushed and happy face under the big plumed hat what magnificence he said i'm unworthy of so much splendor i'm afraid how on earth did you manage it rosemary glanced at aunt matilda then laughed a little sadly oh she answered with assumed lightness i-just managed it that's all at the door of the church madame welcomed them with an armful of white roses for the bride she too had a new gown in honour of the occasion and her sweet old face was radiant with smiles what a lovely bride she said as she kissed rosemary oh my dear you mustn't truly no tears on a wedding day the minister was waiting at the altar madame and aunt matilda sat down together in a front pew there was a moment's solemn hush then the beautiful service began sunlight streamed through the open windows carrying the colour and fragrance of autumn into every nook and cranny of the church from outside came the cheery piping of a robin that had paused upon a convenient window-sill to peep in there was a rush of tiny furred feet through the drifted leaves and a gleam of scarlet as a falling maple leaf floated past the open door in the sunlight the taper lights on the altar gleamed like great stars suddenly come to earth that ye may so live together in this life 
the deep voice was saying and in the life everlasting amen after the benediction came the minister's perfunctory congratulations when he called her mrs marsh rosemary instinctively looked toward madame then laughed and blushed when she understood madame took the girl into her arms as she came down from the altar dear daughter she said truly my daughter now aunt matilda and rosemary hurried back to the little brown house mindful of alden's whispered admonition don't keep me waiting long dear please neither spoke until after rosemary had changed her gown and stood before her mirror in pale lustrous grey with hat and gloves to match i'll go in and say good-bye to grandmother rosemary said wait a minute she may be asleep aunt matilda tiptoed into the old lady's room then came out again with her finger on her lips she's sound asleep she said and her face looks as if she felt better i guess she'll come to herself again all right the stars have always been healthy and hard to kill so the two went downstairs quietly when the door was opened rosemary saw that alden was waiting for her at the gate smiling and with joy thrilling her to the utmost fibre of her being rosemary kissed aunt matilda good-bye then ran out to where her bridegroom was waiting to lead her into the world of service and of love end of chapter twenty five the end of master of the vineyard by myrtle reed recorded by Cillian major